Hello everyone. Since you now know about empathy maps and journey maps, let's take you to the second stage of design thinking. I'm your host Ayan, and in this part, I'm going to take you through the defined stage of design thinking. Now, what is define? Define is to scope a specific meaningful challenge. Two goals of the define mode are number one, to develop a deep understanding of the users and the design space. And based on this understanding, to come up with an actionable problem statement, which is also called as a point of view. Now, the point of view should be the guiding statement that focuses on specific users, their needs and insights that we have uncovered during the empathize stage. Imagine this defined stage to be working as a kind of a springboard for us to move on to generate blockbuster ideas. The defined stage of design thinking has three distinguished elements. Remember, you have unpacked your needs and the insights. Keep them handy because we are going to use them here. So the first element of the defined stage is the user. We need to develop an understanding of the type of the person we are designing for. So definitely, the user persona is something that will be an integral part of the defined stage. Next, we also need to select a limited set of needs that we think are important to fulfill. In fact, we also may want to express just one single salient need to address at this point of time. Then, we need to work to express the insights we have developed. So, the user, his needs and our insights, by combining all of these three elements, we will be able to articulate a point of view. And this will serve as an actionable problem statement that will drive the rest of the design work. Now, before we go into creating that problem statement for us, it's useful to first gain an understanding of the relationship between the word analysis and synthesis. Tim Brown, the CEO of IDEO, in his book Change by Design, mentioned that analysis and synthesis are equally important and each one of them plays an essential role in the process of creating options and making choices. So it becomes very imperative for us to first understand what do we mean by analysis and what do we mean by synthesis and second where do we apply analysis and where do we apply synthesis. Analysis is about breaking down the complex concepts and problems into smaller easier to understand parts. We normally use analysis during the first stage of design thinking, which is empathize stage. Synthesis, on the other hand, involves creatively putting together the puzzle to kind of form a whole idea. This happens during the defined stage when we organize, interpret, and make sense of the data that we have gathered. And synthesis happens in the defined stage. As design thinkers, we need to understand that often we need to analyze a situation before we can synthesize new insights. Let me help you understand the difference between analysis and synthesis using a picture. I've sent you a picture of a small girl and a bookshelf. Now, looking at the picture, what do you think the girl needs? Some of you will say she needs a book, she needs a chair or maybe a ladder. Some other people will say she needs a kind of a bionic arm. But don't you feel that it is too early for us to jump to conclusions? And yes, let's also take a step back. What we have learned is needs are all those verbs that our users use to describe the actions that they want to take, isn't it? All the nouns that we use are solutions. And this is exactly what happens to us. Even before we realize, we jump to solutions. Because we have been conditioned like that since our childhood. 
Design thinking asks us to stop and take a pause. Now, let me add the other part of the story. There are some guests at home. Her mom and dad are busy attending the guests. And the small little girl needs a way to grab the attention of her parents. The moment we start looking at this dimension, we will be able to tap into the unsets. As design thinkers, we really need to be very aware. Let's now come to the point of view. I have shared two point of view statements with you. One of the statement is wrong. Which one do you feel is the correct one? Let me read both of them out to you. The first one says, an user who is a teenager needs to eat healthy food. And the insight is because certain nutrients are necessary for physical and cognitive health development. Now my question to all of us is, do you feel this point of view is true? I'm sure we are going to have mixed answers. Let me rephrase my question. Whose point of view do you feel this is? The point of view of a teenager girl? Or do you think that this point of view is that of the teenager's parent? You'll agree with me that this point of view is that of the teenager's parents. A teenager will not be so much worried about a physical and cognitive health development. The parent will be. So definitely this point of view is not the right one. Remember when I said that the point of view consists of three parts. The user, the user's need and the user's insight. I have also shared the other point of view and it says the user who is a ninth grade girl at a new school, very specific, needs to feel socially accepted while eating healthy food. Insight. In her group, a social risk is more dangerous than a health risk. Let's read this together. The user who is a ninth grade girl at a new school needs a way to feel socially accepted while eating healthy food. Otherwise, she might not be able to befriend. Now, this thought process is more likely to come from a teenager girl. And hence, this particular point of view is a correct one. So when we are crafting point of views, we have to be really sure. Is the point of view that of the user? Are we talking about the needs of the user? And is it the insights which are aligned with the user? Or is it something that we are trying to forcibly fit our thoughts in the point of view? Now that you understand how to develop the point of view, let's talk about what makes a good problem statement. The problem statement, first of all, should be human-centered. We are talking about the user, their needs and the insights that we have gained. The problem statement should be about the people the team is trying to help rather than focusing on technology and monetary returns or product specifications. It should also be broad enough for creative freedom, which means that the problem statement should not be focused too narrowly on a specific method regarding the implementation of the solution. The problem statement should also not have a list of technical requirements as this would unnecessarily restrict the team and prevent them from exploring ideas that might bring unexpected value and insight. Third one, it should be narrow enough to make it manageable. What I mean to say is that a statement like, we need to improve the human condition, is too broad and will likely cause team members to feel daunted. It's a good idea to start a problem statement with a verb, for example, create, define, adapt to make the problem become more action-oriented. I've shared the template of a problem statement with you. 
which is also called as a point of view. Let me quickly tell you what it has. It's divided into four sections where it says, we met. Now, in this particular section, we need to have a descriptive, colorful user persona. For example, a ninth grade girl at a new school. The second part, it says, we were surprised to notice. These are all the tensions, the contradictions or surprises of a particular user, which means that these are the needs. You already have the needs handy with you. You need to plug in all your needs in this particular section. In the third section talks about, we wonder if this means, which means that these are all the inferences that we have drawn, the insights, the contradictions between two different set of users. So you have your inferences or your insights already handy too. You just need to plug all of that in this section again. And then the fourth part says, it would be game changing too. Here, you need to frame up an inspired challenge for yourself. We still don't dictate the solution. Remember when I said that the defined stage acts as a kind of a springboard for the ideation stage? So how do we go about filling this part for? We do that with a how might we statement. In the next part, I'll be taking you through the HMWs. Until then, see you again.